welcome back on the island. Survivor Season 39, Island of the Idols. I am your host, Taylor Gaines, back after a week away. I had to attend a out-of-town bachelor party for a close friend of mine, and boy, did it come at an interesting time in Survivor's history. Potentially the most controversial Survivor episode in the history of the show in the 20 years it's been on, and having followed it from afar for the last week, it was a fascinating ride. I did eventually watch it, obviously, but wow, things got very messy and I'd like to commend my co-host for getting through the episode of our podcast alone last week at an impossible time, and (laughs) he's here once again. He was the most unpopular kid in class, but now he's the most popular kid in class. It's Tyler B. Commons. That's a pretty kind description, because the one I was going to go with was inconsistent, unworkable, ungrateful. I just can't work with someone like that. Well... Ty, I'm always glad to work with you. I thought you held things down for us while I was gone in a very challenging week where it was probably better that we didn't talk too much last week. It was crazy. Like, behind the scenes for a second, I planned on talking for about 12 minutes, and I think I sent you like a 25-minute recording. (laughs) So last week, there was just so many different things to try to get through, and it was a jumbled mess, not only on TV, but also in my brain. So... I think we made it through, but yeah, last week, quite quite the week for Survivor. I want to talk a little more about it because on one hand, I think the show failed its viewers and its contestants by handling it the way they did and by not really addressing it in the week following, which was this week's episode. I think I wouldn't have necessarily called for specific actions in the plot of the story but i feel like we needed like jeff at the tops apologizing or saying something about what was going to change or what had happened to put the viewers a little more at ease because to have dan go back to doing confessionals as if nothing had happened was like a little jarring Mm -hmm. and it felt like there was just a huge elephant in the room from a episode that centered around a very uncomfortable plotline with inappropriate touching and accusations and real life being mixed in with gameplay and it's it made it hard for me to just take in the show like normal this week yeah because when you have something that serious overshadowing the game and i talked about this a little bit i think there's certain things you can use as strategy and then i think there's certain things that should never be touched in strategy And last week, specifically, Missy and Elizabeth crossed the line strategically. And and I think that is ultimately my view on it. Now, that doesn't fully address Kelly truly feeling taken advantage of. Or Janet. Or Janet being taken advantage of on an issue. But they, in my mind, they crossed a line in a place that's really tough to sieve through competing stories and figure out what's going on exactly. Okay, so here's my thing. I, and Ty did the beat by beat rundown of this last week, but just as someone who's watched it and now sat on it and read through all of the aftermath for the last week, I feel like we could sit here and pick apart the actions of each individual. And I think there is definitely room to do that. And people made a lot of mistakes. And I think, like you said, Missy and Elizabeth specifically did something really disgusting, which was to use Kelly's uncomfortableness and her accusations as something to make her and Janet feel comfortable in the game and to blindside them. And like you said, I think that crosses the line. I think Aaron... And his speech at the second tribal was pretty gross. There was a lot of just people assuming they should know things. And, and I, I, I shouldn't go without mentioning Dan, obviously, since he's the one who repeatedly touched people in inappropriate ways. On camera, by the way. How often 
do we get accusations like this where we can see exactly what everyone's talking about repeatedly and you know that made part of this even harder to stomach the fact that there was questioning of it and that it was used in the way that it was but all of that taken into account people handling it poorly etc i think there is something aaron said during his ill-conceived speech at the second tribal which was this the issue is these two worlds are being meshed together and that was my biggest problem with all of this is these people are in a game where they're not really sure where the line is and you can feel bad for kelly and should for some of the things that happen but she too was going to vote for missy at a certain point she had said i'm going to put this aside for the game's purposes and vote for missy so there was a lot of moving pieces people didn't know how to factor this in into the gameplay and that's why it's pretty clear and plenty of people have said this on the internet in the last week but it's pretty clear to me that survivor just failed its castaways as a production team like to put them in that position where they might screw up in the ways that many of them did and to look as bad as they did on tv only happened because the producers did not step in and do something like you can talk about whether dan should have been removed from the game at this point but it goes back to like week one we talked about him doing things that made kelly uncomfortable and her saying something to him about it the producers should have warned him at least from day one so that we wouldn't get here and ultimately like it's just hard for me not to feel like the show failed everyone who was on that beach because they all are going to do stupid things whether they're this dangerous or not and for the game to allow this to get mixed in and put them in this position just made me feel worse for everyone because it's it they just they could have stopped this from happening and for the integrity of whatever the hell this is they didn't and and i think this is where i'm gonna play devil's advocate on this point it's a reality show you sign up to bring reality to a show and if survivors unwilling to acknowledge touchy situations happening excuse my terrible pun i just made i thought of that after the word after the fact if you're not going to be willing to acknowledge difficult subjects and to allow them to play out i think that's what the beauty of this last episode was as hard as it was to watch there's so many different things going on. Dan's perception was not that he was doing anything inappropriately. And he looked bad when he was saying, dude, let's just move past it. Let's just move past it. Let's just move past Yikes, it. Yeah. Kelly's perception was, hey, I'm being touched when I'm told I don't want to be touched. Aaron's perception was, why are we bringing outside things into this game? Jamal's perception was he teaches at an all-girls school, so he's had a lot of experience with this. And when you bring all those people together, you can't say, okay, now all of you only focus on this game for 39 days. Don't, don't think about anything else. Don't think about anything social. Don't think about racial. Don't think about race, gender. Don't think about any of these things. Just, just be here and play a game, and that's not where we live. So as devil's advocate... CBS Survivor being the case this one you have to let this play out you don't have to you don't have to allow Dan to continue and I agree that maybe they should have stepped up and said more on day one but that that's the point we're at you we're not at a point where you can preemptively make everybody act in a way that is acceptable well that's what makes this show memorable and important a lot of the time is it reflects what's happening in the real world and i'm not gonna pretend that this episode didn't reflect what happens in the real world like 
someone feels uncomfortable, they don't really believe they can speak up until they hear it from four other people. They say something people don't believe. And then she gets kicked to the curb while the accused gets to keep moving forward. And it's like, obviously, a really dark real world parallel. But I feel like it's a reality show. But also it's it's a reality show. Like, where's the line where you cross over from we can't keep real life out of this to we have to keep our contestants safe because this is extreme. But if someone was like murdered on the show and you're like, well, murder happens in real life. So they had to let it happen. Like, what's the point where you hit that? Because they put the contestants in a position where regardless of how apologetic or how good of people, Missy, Aaron, Dan, Elizabeth, whoever, however they are in real life, like like they are going to be this now like people are going to hate them forever because of some of the things that they did and i think my point is just that like the things didn't have to happen like they could have not only could they have fixed this they could have addressed it in a real way like even within this two hours there was a lot of the things happening in the first hour and then we got to the first tribal and jeff didn't even mention it and it was like if production really pulled aside a meeting and gave Dan an official warning, like, are you telling me this didn't come up at tribal at all? Because that felt weird to me. And you, they can't blame it on a bad edit because they gave themselves this edit. So it was just like strange to have all of that happen and then have it go unaddressed in a way that it clearly affected the vote and the show, but they were, I don't think they realized how serious the issue was when they were recording it. Like, I have to think that. Yeah, because if you think about it, there's one producer interviewing Kelly when she has that moment where she breaks down and then they say, hey, do we need to talk to Dan? To go back to what you were saying, Missy and Elizabeth and all this stuff are getting backlash from people. We have to realize they're people and people make mistakes and i'm not saying you need to just gloss over mistakes that people made but i think it's unfair to hold somebody to standards that you yourself cannot live up to i think if i went out on survivor and i said something controversial and everybody hated me i would ask for forgiveness just like they did and i think that's one of the best things that cbs did show was people being willing to talk about it and move forward even that though was hard to watch because kelly was sitting there and was not allowed to talk mm-hmm. per rules of the game so it was like how how productive can we really be societally here when like a lot of people from what i saw on twitter were just like we're not gonna watch this anymore like this reminds me of bad things that have happened to me and I, and I feel like triggered by it, which I, which is fair, but like, I don't know. I just, I just wish they had handled this differently. Like good on Jeff for his one moment of, I'm not going to let this go. Like, I'm not going to move past this. I'll never move past this. This is important. And the problem with that is I think the viewers are kind of obligated to do that too. Now, like, it just is so, to me, it's such a cloud over the show now that I don't know how to root for. I mean, fortunately, we had some karma in this episode, I guess, as far as people you would want to root for. But I don't know how to, like, just suspend reality and keep watching these people after seeing a very real situation get thrown into the midst of them in the way that it was. I I wish I had like clearer thoughts on this after spending so much time reading and thinking about it, but it just, it just all feels gross to me. And I just feel like survivor failed its viewers and its contestants to, to me. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's an important point. Um, right now the phrase running around in my head, uh, forgive and forget. And I think the thing that we need to do is forgive, but also never forget. If you can get those two to coincide, then I think that's 
where progress is made. Right. I think that's really important. It's about, and this is honestly, in some ways, it's none of our business. Like this group of people, I'm sure has had conversations over the last several months in trying to work through this. And after last week's episode, I think Elizabeth, Missy, Aaron, Janet even all posted apologies on social media for things that had gone down. And I, there was some accountability there in ways that has semi shifted or eroded based off of some things that happened in the last day or so. But I don't think the show has taken that same level of accountability. Like Jeff did an interview with Dalton Ross and entertainment weekly after this week's episode. And they asked him what his biggest takeaway was. And he just said, it's an unprecedented and unfortunate situation that is still very raw for a lot of the players and fans. We are all trying to learn from it. That's it. That was his whole answer. And then Dalton said, these events took place seven months ago. Upon reflection, do you wish you had handled anything differently from a production standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. And then Jeff said, we will definitely be using the lessons learned from the Dan situation as a guide in how to handle similar situations in future seasons. We have already started discussing ideas for how to change things in the future. That's it. Those, those were his answers on this subject, which like is just not adequate. Like you can't throw something this huge at people, have seven months to sit on it, and then give us five sentences of an answer. Like, whatever the right thing to do was, at this point in time, they should have more just thought on this. Like, they, they should have more anything. Like, it, it's it's just, I'm kind of baffled by it. I mean, did you see that Josh Wiggler, who we've referenced countless times on this podcast the Hollywood reporter, he quit covering survivor. Like he's like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> he's just not covering it anymore because of the way this was all handled. And he actually, that interview that I just referenced with Jeff, he tweeted about it today and said, that's it at Jeff probes. That's all you got a week later, months later, Jefferson do better. I, I have to say, I'm not upset with the political answer because what are you looking for? Action points? Like, I, I don't know what you're saying. Well, from now on, men and women have to sleep in different shelters. Or, like, I, I don't know what else you can say besides, hey, we're working on it. We're trying to figure this out. This is a t- touchy subject. We don't know an active way. You know what I'm saying? You can't make... I think I'm you just can't looking make for a more black awareness. And white, you can't make a black and white rule... Oh, I'm not thinking about gray rules. situations. He's apologized. He said we didn't do it well, and we're going to try to do better in the future. I, I don't know what more you can ask of somebody. <sighs> just more awareness. I just feel like he doesn't realize how how crazy this situation was, and like it's just weird seeing how much of it they had on video, and how much they tried to keep from intervening. I mean, I don't want to belabor this, even though we kind of already have, but like, it just is, it just is messy. I think I'll leave it with Jamal. Can can I leave it with Jamal? Because I feel like, as usual, he kind of had the best things to say about this. I would leave this entire season with Jamal if I could. <laughs> he he did an interview this week with um, Gordon Holmes, who, as far as I know, is still covering Survivor, and I actually kind of would like to read what he said almost in its entirety quickly hopefully because he summed up kind of what we're talking about with the confusion by the castaways and how we can approach this going forward and being empathetic so he said What we see is a bunch of players not understanding the full extent of the deception that had taken place and questioning each other's motives. As you watch it, it's easy to think that everyone has a clear understanding of the situation, but we really don't. No one person has all the facts, nor does any one person know exactly how everyone feels. With regards to the moment between me and Aaron, after watching it back, I truly believe that Aaron thought Janet was salty about simply being blindsided. I knew more than he did about how Kelly felt, and with that context, his comments sounded really out of touch. 
So informed with the background knowledge that I had about the situation, I responded to him the way I did. I know for a fact that if Aaron knew what I knew, he would have approached the situation much differently. I believe that it is important to believe women. I think it is important to allow them to talk about their experience when and how they feel most comfortable. So when Lauren, Missy, and Elizabeth weren't talking about how they felt, at least how I thought they felt, I wanted to make sure they knew that they didn't have to talk about it right then if they weren't or if they weren't willing or ready to, and they for sure didn't have to pass it by all the men in the tribe in order for their concerns to be valid. That's where my answer came from. I now know that there was a little more going on than I was aware, but I still maintain that it is still the right thing to do. The most uncomfortable part for me was when Dan gave his speech about his behavior. For much longer than it appeared on the show, Dan directed his comments towards Kelly on the jury bench, and it must have been incredibly frustrating for Kelly to not have a voice in that discussion. I know people think that it was wrong for Missy and Elizabeth to use such a sensitive issue as gameplay and Survivor, but again, think about what each person thought they knew. Dan thought he had allies in Janet and Kelly. Elizabeth and Missy thought that Kelly was coming after Missy even after their conversation on the beach. Aaron thought Janet was lying to him about Missy and Elizabeth crying to her about Dan. Missy and Elizabeth had a hard time believing Janet after they heard that Kelly was voting Missy. Can you see how messy this is? Inside of all of that, you have Kelly experiencing real discomfort with Dan's behavior, but even she was willing to put those feelings aside in the name of playing the game. Take all these wonderful people out of the weirdness that is Survivor, and every single one of us would treat the issue of sexual harassment with the sensitivity and care that it deserves. For people who are really triggered by the episode, my hope is that seeing this distinction can be healing and allow for forgiveness and sympathy for the players caught in this uncomfortable intersection of real life and the game. I think that speaks volumes when he talks about nobody having the complete picture. And I think we need to remember that. Yeah. And again, I think (laughs) that is, I guess, where we differ a little bit is like, you know, production had the complete picture. They had all of it. They got people everywhere and it still was able to get this messy. And I think I just feel bad for the people involved because this didn't have to happen to them for the sake of Survivor having a cultural moment, capital C, capital M, or whatever. And uh, it's tough. It's hard to move on from, but they tried to. Um, They went into a one-hour episode with two people getting voted out this week, and they happened to be two of those very people who were deeply involved in some of the stuff last week. Missy and Elizabeth, or sorry, (laughs) Missy and Aaron split up and voted out on their own mini tribes in this episode. What was your thought on uh, all that? I thought it was really uh, such an interesting episode because we talk about is the game taking over too much? And this seemed like a very tough split for certain teams. I'm just referring to them as Tribe 1 and Tribe 2. So you had Missy, Tommy, Elaine, Elizabeth, and Karishma on Tribe 1 and Tribe 2. You had Dean, Dan, Lauren, Aaron, Nora, and Janet. And it it really showed some cracks and crevices, but it also gave opportunity for maybe people that weren't able to have power in the larger tribe to have power in the smaller tribes. And I thought that that was a really interesting thing um could be very frustrating especially if you were at least missy in a power position i'm not sure if aaron was settled as him or as settled as her but it it was it was entertaining it was a lot of fun where do you fall on i guess we should take it with the first tribal first but this particular group did you think it made sense to go after the people that they went after i mean i think there was talk of Karishma at and Janet being on the outs, but with Karishma specifically, I guess I'm kind of bouncing around here. It just felt like they're not really going to vote out someone who they want that badly to sit at the end with. Right. And that's the tough part where strategy comes. Uh, Karishma, again, uh, my quote from the beginning was Nora talking about Karishma. She's unworkable ungrateful i can't work with someone like that she's inconsistent she's crazy nora called karishma crazy like she's getting such kind of a bad rap this season that you never truly 
trust that she's going to go home because if there's somebody out there that's playing that bad, you want them to stay out as long as possible because that gives you a better chance of taking home the million. Because if you can somehow maneuver to keep somebody in the game who seemingly has no shot at winning, that's a notch on your belt. That's a that's a plus one in the win column for you. Well, what's the difference between keeping her around and like treating her like she's not even there like i think my thought watching missy was like i know a bully when i see one mm-hmm. and the way that she talked to tribal where when she said i know myself do you was like the way a bully talks like i don't know how else to say it because it's hard for my views not to be informed by some of the things I saw her do last week too, but we've talked about this throughout the season, how hard Missy has been playing. And I feel like you saw this up to the last second. I think she whispered in Elizabeth's ear, you realize you got to kill Elaine for me slowly and methodically (laughs) that like she let this game get to her head in a way that like removed her humanity completely. And I'm sure based off of what we've seen from people who have been eliminated that Missy's a good person in real life and she's like 24. So she also could have just been in, I mean, what 24 year old hasn't been in game mode like that where you're just like, everything's a game. But like, I think that it was hard to root for her at all. I was just like, she seems mean. And even this one conversation where she's sort of making amends with Karishma, it cuts to her at confessional being like, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's the the tough part that did get brought up in Tribal is they have just two completely different personalities. And I think that's the interesting thing is some people love to function in high conflict scenarios and some people crumble and go into shells. So I think Missy being the veteran being somebody that went to play basketball for one of the military academies being always competitive always willing to fight to win whether that's for our country or for a sport i think that she's going to have that chip on her shoulder and she's going to be a very intense person and then you have karishma who can be quiet and small and afraid to speak up and afraid to use your voice and get run over So, yeah, I think Missy did appear to be a bully. But to cut her some slack, I think that's just who she is. She's a gamer. She's going to play hard. She's going to go hard after whatever it is that she wants. Getting into a military academy is not an easy thing. And I think that that showed out. She's willing to fight, scratch, and claw her way forward no matter what the situation is. Yeah, and I think she, if you want to try to pull it big picture survivor strategy-wise, she just fits in with the trend of recent seasons where people play too hard for too long, too early in the game, and then just get eaten for it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have a hard time seeing her in any version of this making it to the end because she was so she was playing so hard and so narrow-mindedly. I think there was a point where she said when they sat down and Aaron was there, like, oh, this isn't, these aren't the people I expected to see here. This doesn't go with my plan or something like that. And they cut to Rob and Sandra talking about it like, oh, well, you know, she clearly had a very specific plan for what she wanted to happen. And I think the best Survivor players are adaptable and, I think when things didn't go her way, either big picture or in a single conversation, she handled it in a way that made other people feel like it was all about her and she wasn't listening, mostly charisma. And like that was destined to doom her sooner rather than later, I think. Yeah, we always talk about it. It's tough to play one side so strong we always say the safest spot is in the middle who am i going to vote for well i could be a swing vote here and then the next tribe or the next tribal council this alliance could rely on me and when you're so far in one direction or the other 
eventually things are going to fall apart. And it finally caught up to her. She wasn't safe. She didn't win immunity. And uh, Elaine saw the opportunity to say, hey, Missy's really good at this game. She's playing this game really, really hard, but she's not safe. And I got to get her out before she makes it to final three with, like Rob and Sandra were saying, the exact jury in the order she saw them. Similarly, I think Aaron had... A very specific path to the end which was just keep winning and he was doomed to fail at a certain point i don't know that we got to really see what aaron's game was by the way this show was edited and i don't know his his exit wasn't surprising no aaron struck me not necessarily as an old school player but he seemed like somebody who was quiet and willing to do the right thing and I think this game is just so social now you have to be out there talking to people it's it's almost an extrovert extroverts world out there and if you're maybe an introvert or maybe he's not an introvert but if you're somebody who's quietly just sitting there and oh by the way you put this giant physical target on your back by winning the first two individual immunities then people are going to look for opportunities to get rid of you, especially if they've not connected with you the way that they've connected with somebody who's fun, like Elaine or Janet, who is somehow on the bottom, but everybody loves Janet. That's why she's on the bottom. So the elephant in the room with these two a little bit is that neither of them did exit interviews this, this week after being voted out. Uh, Dalton Ross tweeted, I wanted to let you all know where things stand. Missy has not responded to survivor exit interview requests. And Aaron has also not made himself available today to talk. This is the first time in 39 seasons. This has ever happened. I'm sure you are disappointed in this news as am I. Um, there are a lot of different ways we could go with that. I I think they don't, want to have to face up with what happened last week it sounds like even though that's a little confusing because Aaron put out a very heartfelt video apology on Twitter and Instagram and stuff which I thought was actually really good and and pretty genuine uh Missy put out like a typed statement so who knows how she's feeling for real but I feel like it's one thing to not want social media to go after people because like that's you know gross and really negative a lot of times even when things aren't this serious but for them to not do interviews with like journalists is is just i don't know ty (laughs) this show's wearing me out the last two weeks (laughs) (laughs) it's it's tough it's tough when you mix such uh serious outside the game situations with the game that I honestly weirdly respect their decision not to do interviews because right before you and I recorded, I watched their Ponderosa video that CBS puts out on YouTube every single week. And they seemed like they were happy for the way they'd played the game. And it it might feel, um, along the lines of what Dan was feeling at Tribal last week. Can we just move past it? And maybe this is the best way. It's easy to sit here and record something. It's a lot harder to field live questions from somebody. And I think that maybe that could be overwhelming. And I'm okay with their choice to stay silent. I would would like to hear from them. But on more of a human-to-human level, I understand why you would want to step away from this at this time. I think this goes to something we rarely talk about because things like this rarely happen, where the fact that this was recorded like seven months ago or whenever, sometime in the spring, means that they had to process these events twice. Like, they had to go through everything in the time that it happened And sure, it was being recorded, but it's one thing to be like in a room or, you know, literally on an island with people and go through something where you feel like you eventually learn all the facts, you reckon with certain things you did, you ignore other things, you like talk with each other, you grow, you move past it, 
you process it, you get back into your regular life, you move on, you live your life, and then the world is introduced to it. And then you have to, like, see <laughs> not the version that you had settled on. Like, how often does this happen in your life where you have to go back and w- watch a different version of your life? Like, it's so weird when it's recorded like that because, you know, you and I have, I'm sure, been through hard moments in our lives or whatever where we have now settled our memory of like this is how college was or this is how this death in the family was or this breakup or whatever and you tell yourself a version of it that you understand and when something is edited and recorded in this way it's a very definitive different version and you have to like re-experience the entire thing through that lens and try to process it and i can't imagine like like jamal was talking about from what i read earlier being aaron for example and thinking you knew all the facts and saying something that when you watch it on tv you're just like oh god i sound terrible and having to like re-experience all that i get it and i think it's it's really hard as someone who has worked in the media i think like i've had to interview people who had much less time to process things and i I think like maybe survivor isn't important enough for me to think about this but like there's an obligation to talk to the press when you're involved in certain newsworthy things (laughs) in some ways but you also don't have to but then the story is going to be told for you in that way i guess I, i i think um Ultimately, that's just why I feel like the show should have protected these people who they employed to do this in a better way. But I, I'm not gonna like, you know, redo my whole my whole thing. I just talked for a while. How are you, Ty? <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is part of the issue. Is as far as we know, they don't get to see the season early. Maybe they made a weird exception this season, but I doubt it. So they get to hear from each other what they thought was the truth or what actually happened seven months ago when they're hanging out at Ponderosa. And then to now see this show coming out and maybe seeing a different version than what they were told. Maybe Dan is for the first time seeing the actual impact that it had on Kelly and then there's backlash in that. The, the, the only thing that I can say is give these people the chance and the grace that you would want. Put yourselves in their shoes and allow for privacy. Allow for that moment to sit and think because you're caught up in a whirlwind of emotion. And he said, she said, you're never going to get to the bottom of it and you're never going to be able to mediate a successful situation yeah no i mean we're not i think like again that's where my criticism falls on the show is like they have all the facts they literally recorded everything like they should have been able to deal with this and litigate this in a way that was a lot cleaner but yeah we're not going to be able to and I, i think like we have to just hope that we can learn good lessons from this I, I hope the lesson that people learned from last week is not women lie to get where they need to be because <laughs> like that was sort of a, a, a takeaway we could have gotten from that episode. And I, I hope that people can take in the things that happened and learn from them and see that like, this is probably what happens in a regular office. Like, someone does something that makes someone feel uncomfortable you don't want to speak up because you want that promotion you don't want to get fired next thing you know like you're in this exact situation but there's no cameras on you and i don't think it's gone spoken enough but like that's a huge credit to janet for like standing up for what she believed in and ultimately sacrificing her chance at winning a million dollars probably for the sake of that right thing and i think like people should model themselves 
after her and in supporting and believing the people who you care about and people should model themselves after Jamal in like allowing other people to speak when they need to and not stepping over them and handling everything. Cause you said the word grace before. And like, whenever I think of Jamal, that is the word I have thought of throughout this season because he has repeatedly just handled everything with so much grace and thoughtfulness. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, Ty, like you said, it reflects real life. And I I hope that people in their real lives can take the good things from this and learn from the bad, gross things. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, okay. What were we talking about this episode? So here's your, so here's, here's my question to you. Final thoughts, Aaron and and Missy, what did you think about their games? Because I I think she played really hard and I think he did as well, but quietly. So what do you think about how they handled this game? I think in the sense that it's a social game, I don't know that they both ever had much of a chance in the end because well, Aaron, I think they both had a little bit of like talking at people and not really talking with people. And I'm sure it was different spending 24 hours with them. But like the view of them we got on our televisions was very much like, hey, this is the way it's going to go. And I feel like that partially doomed them. I think in some ways it's hard for them to have regrets as players maybe as humans they might have some regrets like we talked about but like as far as strategy goes like I feel like they both played about as hard as they could and I I don't know like I think Rob has said this like you have to play your first time on Survivor like it's your second time like you have to just like take all the risks you're too afraid to take the first time and like really do everything and you know they can't say they didn't do that yeah, I think I think maybe the one big thing, especially from Missy, but she also saw this from Aaron, was there was no relaxation. Every moment, you even see in their My Ponderosa video, Jamal gets to have an interview where he's like, they just got off and all they want to do is talk about the game and who was voting where and who was doing what. And I just sat back and wanted to eat and catch up and yeah. talk to Jack and kelly and they were they were so deep into the game that i think ultimately that's what backfired on them is they were playing so hard that other people were wary of it so i guess if you believe in karma you might have been rooting for those two to go home this week but like out of the people left who do you root for ty because there's karishma elizabeth Dean, Elaine, Lauren, Janet, Nora, Tommy, and Dan. Nine people. Nine people, nine more days. Obviously, my preseason winner pick was Dean, so I have to cheer for him. Yeah, your well, final three is all still in. So I have Elaine, that, Tommy, Dean. I have that going for me. And honestly, I feel good about two of those three. Elaine and Tommy are going to be fun to get back to we got to see elaine finally again i think her moments in this season is coming back she's great in episode one and then has essentially been non-existent i i want to cheer for janet because i love when somebody stands up for the right thing so of the people i'm most excited to watch moving forward i want to see what happens to elizabeth because she sort of seemed to be the Robin to Missy's Batman. And I want to see how she recovers having now Aaron and Missy gone, probably her two number ones. I want to see where she falls. And then, like we mentioned, Elaine and Dean and Janet are probably the three I'm most excited to watch, even though I'm not... I'm biased for Dean because I have him in final three, but I'm I'm actually not super interested in what he's going to (laughs) do in kind of a gross, sick and twisted way. Yeah, I think it... It's all Janet probably for me. I mean, she's just like, she's delightful. She was the only person who really looked good last week. I think some people moderately escaped last week without looking bad. Like Tommy didn't really look terrible. He actually posted an apology too, I think, for some stuff that happened. Like Lauren said, like, I haven't had an experience with Dan and I don't feel comfortable speaking about it. And... 
like that seemed fine. Karishma Dean was basically not a part of any of it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nora was pretty much out of it. I think Elaine had a weird moment where she kind of went up to Dan and was like, no, we love you. Blah, blah, blah. Which like was a little tough, but like that whole sequence where they were sitting on the sand with Dan was one of the hardest things I've ever watched as far as uh, just how bad I felt watching it. Obviously I don't want him to win. I've, I don't need to hear from him uh, so much until he can, like... I I think part of it, Ty, not to go back to the X interview thing, but, like, I do want to hear how people have, like, processed this and his silence. Like, I think he protected his Twitter after all this happened. I couldn't even see his tweets, which is none of my business. But, like, I'm not going to root for him until I feel like he had learned something. Which I think is my problem with the Jeff quote is I don't it doesn't sound like he's learned anything. But anyway, I, I think uh, it's probably Janet for me, maybe a little Tommy. We'll see how it plays out. So, if that's who you're watching, who do you have in your power rankings? I actually am going to give you an interesting power ranking this week. I think uh, we can go back and forth, but three I would have Tommy because. He helped orchestrate his side of the vote out to get Missy. Um, (laughs) And I just realized that my top three were all in the same mini tribe. Whoops. Honestly, I don't think you're wrong in that. (laughs) But. Well, I'll tell you. So I have him number three. And then you can, since I just kind of spoiled it, I have Karishma two and Elaine one. For this week. Okay. I I will say this. I had Karishma 3, Tommy 2, Elaine 1. So I think it's pretty consensus. That was definitely the tribe that was easier to look through and see the strategy because it was going to be 3-2 either way or essentially 4-1. Well, it was going to be 3-2 either way. And the other one having six people having not the most strategic players on the season over there. I mean, we had Nora and Lauren kind of talking and it just wasn't that half didn't seem to be full of strategy. So I think it might be unfair for us to leave all of them off the top three. But if, if you watch the episode, it feels right. Having Tommy, Elaine and Karishma in some order with Elaine at the top. Yeah. Yeah, great episode. I don't think we've given her enough credit. Like, just great episode for Karishma. Mm-hmm. Really, like, found an idol, did a nice play where she pretended like she was, like, feeling sick and tired so that people wouldn't suspect her of anything. Handled the Missy situation pretty well, I thought. Like, honestly, like, if someone's talking to you like that, just, like, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good on her. And then, like, I appreciate the inspirational side of it. Just, like, standing up to your bully and sending your bully home. <laughs> yeah she she had a great episode and she found an immunity idol so i just i thought that this was and jeff even mentioned this this was the best episode we've got to see for karishma all season we've we've talked about how they point out her yeah I don't immunity, think which they her. still yeah. did which was super <laughs> like, awkward but she had very, good parts they're, they're mean to her like I, they 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 even when people are just like mentioning Krishna's name they'll cut to her like dropping a pan in the ocean <laughs> and you're just like guys like you could probably pull a blooper like that for literally anyone but they're just playing up this like image of her that is sad i did like so, seeing her, good for her sleep sitting up that was super entertaining whether that she was, was actually pretty, asleep or not that was, that was awesome <laughs> good stuff from Krishna. yeah i mean any anything else you want to talk about ty no, I, I will say I'm very thankful that uh, I had someone here to parse through last week with and move into this week with. It was, like I said, Survivor's been crazy the past few weeks, and I, I want to see what happens now that the people who appear to be playing the hardest have been eliminated. So, like I said, a lot of question marks moving forward, but I'm excited to see how this season ends. And especially, weirdly, the reunion show. Maybe for the first time in <laughs> tons and tons of seasons, I want to see the reunion show. Uh, yeah, I mean, who will who will even be there? Like, 
will they actually because we've had issues in the past where they have kind of glossed over them by the time they got to the reunion show i don't think i think regardless of what happens on our television screens i don't think we've seen the end of this incident because of some of the silence from key people and jeff's vague answers that we were reading earlier i feel like we're gonna hear more about this in some way or another and i i i mean i've been honest with you ty like this is a messy episode of our podcast too probably because like i'm trying to sort through a lot of confusing thoughts and feelings and things that i saw and i I don't know how quickly i'm gonna work through this and just like be able to just be like wow what a blind side you know it's just like this the only thing even comparable to this is the zeke varner thing from years ago um Mm -hmm. because like that was such a violent like taking us out of the game into a real life thing that did not need to be a part of the game and uh it's tough it's tough to uh we've talked a lot of like we've always been quick to criticize the show for things that we're uncomfortable with and we've always said we still love the show anyway but like i don't know this one just felt different to me (laughs) this was this was tough yeah we'll have to we'll have to be willing to look past some of the flaws because i think everything's got them and see where this season winds up yeah we'll see what happens this is our grand return episode of on the island whatever it was and we'll be back hopefully next week for week number 10 i think there's about four weeks left of survivor uh hopefully we can just all make it in one piece to the all winter season because you know that's all we all ever really wanted right we did i mean i'll say luckily we didn't have to worry about island of the idols being a thing um except for the funny little quip <laughs> in the hot box but that's, we didn't even good. mention we didn't even mention you last week or me this week how bad the twist was where jamal lost his vote for grabbing a piece of paper that he saw don't even get me started on that <laughs> Oh, my God. And with that, I'm Tyler B. Commons. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Taylor P. Gaines. And uh, I don't know. That's what we said a few weeks ago. We're just going to keep listening. Keep doing our best to uh, just to care. So thank you for caring about me, Ty. Thanks for caring about me, Taylor. We'll talk to you all very soon. Have a uh, have a nice week. Bye. Good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.